0: They were like, um, I think that you should maybe get your hair done. I think maybe you should, like, take care of yourself. And um, to be honest, like, I really let go of anything for me. You know, they were just, like, I they saw it, but I couldn't see it because I was in mom mode, complete sacrifice mode. I was taking care of my kids, my husband, my family. And, and all of that, I really lost me. And so uh, it took a lot of, like... Thought work time to say, Wow, where have I gone? I was like this fun, dynamic girl who just had a zest for a living and passion and all that stuff. And so then I was like, Okay, like I think it's enough. I need to go back. And I think part of it was I had to learn to value myself again.
1: Hello and hola, friends. Welcome to the Medicine, Marriage, and Money podcast Do you feel overwhelmed by all of your different responsibilities as a partner, a parent, and a physician? Do you feel burned out or stressed out? If so, we want you to know that there is hope. Professional coaching for doctors has been shown to improve all these problems, and right now, the Alpha Coaching Experience, a coaching program meant specifically for busy physicians who want to build a life they love and deserve, is open for enrollment. As part of the Fall Alpha coaching experience, we want to invite you to a free webinar being taught by Dr. Jimmy Turner over at The Physician Philosopher. The webinar is called Defeat Burnout Without Leaving Medicine. You can register for this free webinar by visiting thephysicianphilosopher.com forward slash webinar. There are only three webinars. The last one is on November 1st. So don't miss out on getting some free teaching on how to coach yourself to become the best partner, parent, and physician you can be. Visit thephysicianphilosopher.com forward slash webinar for more information. Hola friends, please welcome our guest on today's episode of Medicine, Marriage, and Money. We are here with Dr. Pyle Patel Gayal. A pediatric integrative physician, as well as a parent coach who helps overwhelmed physician moms find balance and self-compassion. Dr. Patel is a mother to two brave boys and a loving and supportive wife to a cardiologist. And do you go by Dr. Patel? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, thank you so much for being here. So excited to have you. You're so fancy. I love this.
0: Um, yes, it was. It's. It's so fun to finally actually like talk to you because I feel like we've been having some communication, but this has been like such a fun, fun time of the year. So I'm I'm looking forward to a nice adult conversation.
1: Yeah, we definitely see each other like randomly on different social media platforms and life coach school training that we're now starting together. So yes. So yeah. And you are, you know, as I mentioned, you're a parenting coach, a pediatric integrated physician. So before we dive into today's topic of childcare, which you are the expert, tell me a little bit more about you and your hubby. Because after all, this is the Medicine, Marriage and Money podcast. So how long have you been together and how did you meet? So let's see, we've been together for, I want 13 years
0: and we actually met interesting um, through his sister. I was a resident in New Jersey and he's from Jersey. And at that time he was in New York city doing med school academically. I am a little bit ahead of him because I skipped a couple of years and she and I met on a trip when we were um, through uh, like our Sunday school in India. Oh, wow. Totally random, yeah. And then so someone else was like, oh, this is my friend, let me introduce you to her. And then while we were kind of getting to know each other, she kind of had this idea in her head. She's like, oh, she's perfect for my brother. So I guess she introduced us, but I didn't know it was in hopes to um, like date him. I was like, oh, that's cool. This is my friend's brother, like no big deal. So that's how it all started. And I was like an intern, my first year of pediatric residency. And uh, two years later, we were
1: married. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was fast. Well, I mean, fast for me, probably not fast for everybody. (laughs)
0: Well, I think at that point, you know, um, you just know, right. Like I dated a lot before that. And then, you know, when you're like ready to meet someone and settle down, like it's a different kind of dating that you do. And so, yeah, we, you know, like, I think he was also ready to meet someone that he wanted to uh, marry and settle down with. And so it just kind of like worked out. So that, that's, that's
1: how it all happened. When you, okay. And you mentioned you skipped a couple of years. What, what was, what years did you skip?
0: So I actually went straight from high school to like a med program. So I actually went international. So it was kind of interesting. I had to fight my parents to let me do this because they're like, we're not going to let you go to India when we came to this country for you. And so it was kind of, Interesting, but um, it was like the best experience of my life. The best training. It was amazing. I never thought that I would be doing such hands-on medicine and surgery and all that stuff at such a young and early stage of my career. And they welcome it, you know. And then I come back and I met him and I'm looking at what he's doing. I was like, wait, what do you mean, like that? You have to look from far away. He's like, yes, yeah, you can't just go. And I'm like, well, I delivered babies. How many years did you do in India? So it was like a little less than six okay and then you came
1: back for residency
0: right 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 and it's funny because like I'm born and brought up and grew up near Pasadena so it was an interesting uh, experience plus I also went to part of India that is not the language I speak okay right? and so I had everything's in English and everyone's like how do you live school I'm like no it's all English like of all Asian countries like all English so um I I had to learn the local language only for like two reasons. If I wanted to not waste time when I was doing like clinical work. And then the other one was like, I did not want to get ripped off when I went shopping. (laughs) So I was like bargaining in their language. So it was fun. It was fun to like do something so unique. And then I met some amazing friends while I was there.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's an experience that you're going to have forever. Right. And so, okay. So then you came back and you had gone to school with, with your now husband's sister? No, we didn't go to school. We were just on a trip. Oh, you were on a trip. Okay. Yeah, We were just on a trip
0: with like our youth group. It was like an international trip. So I didn't know her before the trip. Um, I moved to New Jersey and I think I reached out to like a couple families. families. Um, uh, just telling like, oh, like I heard that, you know, you guys live close by and I'm new to the neighborhood and we kind of go, um, you know, do the same kind of like youth work. And it's so, like, oh, yeah, sure. So I met their kids and they're a little bit younger. Um, And on this trip, they introduced me to my sister, my now sister-in-law. And it was like totally random because we actually went to do like more like personal development work. And then I just met her.
1: So, okay. Okay. And so then you met your husband And how did you fall in love? How and why? It's funny, because when I first
0: met him, and I remember this distinctly, I only lived 15 minutes away from their parents' house, and I didn't know, right? So I showed up at their house, and we were on our way to Manhattan to do a uh, service project where we pass out sandwiches to the homeless people. And this is very normal for, you know, the kind of stuff we used to do. And so he, he was sitting there, I wearing his green polo shirt, and I'm like, Oh, hey, what's up, right? And then I just kept on going, right? I I didn't know who he was. But he, the entire time that we were interacting, knew that he was being set up. I didn't know until the day he asked me out, which was many months later. Oh, yes. I didn't even consider that I would date my friend's brother. Like it wasn't even something in my head. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. And then plus it's like, I was academically in a different place. And so it just didn't click in my head, you know, that we could be the same age. Yeah. And that's it. And so we um, got to know each other through a lot of this, like, you know, youth stuff that we started doing, we started working together more. Um, And then like our values lined up. And so I think for me, um, you know, after your certain age, like everything else is good on the superficial level, but if you have someone whose values match up, like, I think that's a win for me, at least.
1: Exactly. So that's, for me, that
0: was it. Like, it was really just, like, being very family-oriented. And then um, I saw his interaction with his family. And so I was like, oh, okay, this person values, like, you know, relationships and things like that. And so that's pretty much how it happened. It happened pretty fast because I think I was like, okay, like, I'm, you know... 20 something, like in my late twenties, like I, I would want to meet someone and boom, like I've met someone who kind of fit a lot of things that I was hoping, you know, to look for uh, and same for him. So, um, that's what happened.
1: When and why did you decide to have children? Because you said you were in, you know, you were looking for somebody You're in your late twenties. Yeah. You know, is that, were you on a certain timeline?
0: Yes and no. Like, I, when we got married, like I was 27, so wasn't that like super late and then, but he's a year younger than me. And so for a guy that's like 10 years younger than you, right? Basically, like when they're like younger than you, there's just like not at the same level as women. I was more on a timeline for in my head because I finished residency and then I started my first job. We only got married after I finished residency. I was like, okay, working and I'm like, oh, of course, like I'm working in pediatrics and I see all the little girls with like the little bows in their head and it's like, I love it. Mind you, I'm a boy mom. So, so that's all I ever wanted. I just love babies. And he was still in residency, but in his family, I think this is one of the things that I think looking back, I think it's like, I would probably think about more. There was a lot of infertility, like a, a lot in his family. Right. And it was like cousins and things like that. And he's like in the middle of the pack of this huge Indian family. And so I kind of was like, Oh, that could happen to anybody, you know? And why wait if you have more chances of having a healthy baby without having an intervention early. And so I kind of pushed for it and looking back on it, like I was always ready to be mom, but for him, like he wasn't ready. Like he was so stressed out, but I think by the time we actually got pregnant, like I actually decided to do it. He was in fellowship. So I think it was just like really rough for him to like multitask, but I was like, I got this. Like, you know, this is, this is all me. And I and I kind of took it on because um, I just always wanted to be mom. And it was just like, I just fell in love, like when my son was born and we just did everything together. And hence, that's why I actually called my boss and said, I'm not actually coming back um, right now. At yeah. So um, I had like three months off, which was like, I worked for a private practice. I used to reverse commute from New York. Well, initially reverse commuted. And then we moved closer, closer in Jersey. And so it wasn't too far, but I kept thinking, I'll go back part-time. I'll go back part-time. And then I like, after he was born, I just couldn't imagine like leaving him at home with someone I didn't know. And my family lived too far away. Like they were in Los Angeles. And so I didn't have anyone to help me that was willing to help me. And I had to take care of what felt right to me, you know? And in that moment, I'm like, so what if we live in an apartment longer? So what if we drive a Toyota, you know, like longer? Like, I don't care. It's not like I was breaking the bank with my pediatric income. And so, you know, like, I was like, I wanna stay out a little longer. And they're like, what? Because I was seeing so many patients. Like I was so busy and successful. And I was like, I just can't go to work and help other women breastfeed and care for their children. When I couldn't do that for my own, I think that was my first point where I decided, like, I'm going to choose what I want.
1: How long had you been uh, what an attending physician at that point? <sighs> I think at least two over two years. Okay, okay. And then you decided to stay home. And how did your husband feel about that?
0: Oh, he loved it because I think he pretty much was like, "Listen, like, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to be hands off because I'm working like." you know, whatever. Back then there were still like, you know, uh, no regulations. So he would work like, you know, 48 hours straight, things like that. And then cardiology. And he was in at UMDNJ and basically his like program director was like very militant. He was like out completely, like no involvement. And he was just like surviving to get through the fellowship. And so he's like, great, because I can't do anything. And yeah, it's a good thing. If you want to do this, like perfect, you know, if you don't want to do it fine, you know, but if you really want to do this, because it all came from me, he never said, I think you should stay home. He, That was all me. Because even if I had a nanny, at that point, I would still be doing two full time jobs, you know, because you still like micromanaging your help, you know, and I think this is something that we have a false sense of like comfort in before we do it. It's like, oh, I'll do the work part and then Nanny will do the home part. No, because she's texting you. She's asking you questions. You have to make sure the supplies are there. If you're pumping, you have to make sure that's all there. So I just couldn't imagine going to work um, with like very minimal sleep because I was nursing every two hours, day and night for six months boys are hangry.
1: And then how close, how close are your two boys in age? So, um, both planned pregnancies, uh, two years and two weeks apart. Some are boys. Two years and two weeks. Okay. And you stayed home for them for how long?
0: Um, so less than four years. So my older one got me a lot longer at home when my little one was like, like three and a half, I went back and we had moved cross country back to California. And so um, I got a nanny and um, I went back and did some part-time work, uh, which was, I feel like a good balance at that time when no one was nursing. And um, I really felt like I had a routine down and I could ask them like, did anything happen? My biggest concern was always like, like, how can I ask them? You know, if something happened, especially if I don't know. Um, so yeah, it, moving closer to my family was a big help too, because um, I was like, oh, if anything ever happens and they get sick or nanny can't come, I have someone to um, call upon.
1: You have a backup, right? And so, I mean, this is a this is a big deal. I I think if there's any non physicians listening, you know, when we go to med school and then we spend all this. Time and years training, like it's a big deal to make that decision, right? To stay home, especially you probably had a lot of friends saying, like, "Why are you doing this?" That's that's amazing that you had the opportunity and that you did that for you and your family. And what ultimately like made you decide, okay, I'm ready to go back. I know you said you moved back to California and you had family help, right? Right. Um, so the whole time I was staying
0: home, we were still in New Jersey, and I don't have any. Like my plan was last day of residency, I'm out of here. Like I'm going back home. Like once from California, always from California. Like that's what I truly really believe. Like I don't care about the changing seasons. I'll go d- fly or drive to changing seasons. Like I don't have to see it in my outside my home. um So what I think for me, the ultimate like reason why I actually could have gone back earlier, but I think the lack of support for childcare and also support for me was the reason I couldn't go back. As soon as I got back to California, I felt that I had my family. I know, I just I just felt like okay, they're okay now. Like everyone's sleeping through the night. There's a nap schedule. The older one started like preschool or daycare when he was two. Like I put him in before my second one was born because I didn't want him to think, hey, guess what? Your brother's here. Now I'm kicking you out. I wanted to Put it into place ahead of time, which is a lot of the things. I tell a lot of my my patients um, and also clients. I'm like, these are things that you want to think about because it kind of sets the tone, you know, for for when there's a new arrival. And um, so yeah, that's that's why I did. I think the family support. And then at that point, I feel like I this is probably something I wish I did earlier. A lot of my neighbors in when my, my last we moved a lot in my last uh, uh, home, they were like, "Bile." Um, I think that you should maybe get your hair done. I think maybe you should like take care of yourself. And um, to be honest, like I really let go of anything for me. You know, they were just, I they saw it, but I couldn't see it because I was in mom mode, complete sacrifice mode. I was taking care of my kids, my husband, my family. And, and all of that, I really lost me. And so uh, it took a lot of like, thought work, time to say, wow, where have I gone? I was like this fun, dynamic girl who just had a zest for a living and passion and all that stuff. And so then I was like, okay, like, I think it's enough. I need to go back. And I think part of it was I had to learn to value myself again. Okay. Because I valued being a mom, but I let go of being piled. You probably loved being a mom, right? I mean, you loved it. I, I love being a mom. I, I was exhausted, though. I was really, really tired, um, especially, you know, at that stage, like, we didn't have money You're Like, I was pediatrics. Okay. So that makes like nothing. And then I always say it's like the teacher of the medical world, right? Like that's kind of the salary. So that was like nothing. And then um, he was a fellow and then he started his first job. So there was a lot of like, okay, we saving money here and there, you know? And so I couldn't just hire out lots of help. Like, so when I got here, I felt like, okay, this is it. And I didn't even think about it. He is new boss or new colleagues. Um, they reached out to me because their neighbor was a pediatric doctor who needed a part-time doctor. So before I even
1: thought about it, she called me. Oh, yeah, like, it's like the opportunity came knocking at your no, door. Yeah.
0: So I didn't even have to like say, oh, let me go look for a job. She literally was like, I'm going to, I have this you know, a job opportunity in the neighborhood that you're moving in and I need someone. Well, it was more per diem. It really wasn't part-time, but I worked per diem hours. And so like two and a half days a week. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll meet you when I get there. And as soon as I talked to her, she
1: was like, good, you're hired. Well, that's perfect. It was meant to be. Yeah. It worked out really well. Okay. And let's just clarify a few definitions for our audience. What is integrative pediatrics? Because you're an integrative pediatrician, right? Right. So um, I'm currently getting trained
0: for integrative medicine. I haven't integrated it officially into my current job uh, because I work for for a big healthcare system. And so that department doesn't even exist where I work. You're going to bring it. Well, I don't even know if I'm going to bring it like How am I going to bring it? You know what I mean? Because there's so many ways to practice integrated medicine, which is, um, and some people call it like holistic medicine. Um, It's it's really looking at the patient completely, including their, not just their physical, but also their mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Mm. Okay. Which is something that we don't, like we shy away from when we're doing regular medicine. We don't ask so much about, well, what are your beliefs? You know, uh, would you consider uh, herbal uh, herbs, you know, to help treat some of your anxiety, you know, mind body medicine. So there's so many acupuncture, like it's it's a lot of East meets West because medicine actually originated in the East and the pendulum has swung so much to the other side that now I feel like people are like, wait, those things worked back then. And we were like, we're not, we're just going completely pharma now. So how do we combine both? And that's what I would love to do is just take both and say, well, what would my patients um, benefit from? You know, And I think there's different aspects of integrated medicine, um, which may not apply in the pediatric world. Man, managing your mind, which of course we believe in because of coaching, right, right. Um, is so important because the level of anxiety and stress that these kids have now, it's like mind-blowing. Like some of the stuff I'm like, really, like you're worried about that now? Like you're not even in high school, you know? So um, so I-, I think that it's going to be a great, it's going to be amazing. And of course, being in California where they love woo stuff, it's just like great because I think people are looking for options,
1: Right that's, I feel like when I was in med school, people really didn't talk. There's like one person, one or two people in my medical school class who that's what they wanted to do. And now it's like, everybody wants to do it. Or is that just because that's who I hang around? I don't even know.
0: Well, when I graduated residency, it was a long time ago. I didn't, I didn't even know about it. Like it didn't, I don't think it like it was even a conversation. Right. And then I kind of came in, I don't even know how I properly heard about it, but it just kind of in conversation through someone. So I had it in my heart that I really wanted to do this like two years ago. Like I I heard about it and then I was like, well, like, can I do this? Like, so the difference between this fellowship and all the other fellowships is you can do it like from home, you know, and then you go in from some of your clinical work. So that was manageable because most of the doctors who do integrative medicine are already practicing physicians. Okay. So it's not, okay. not a lot of people who are like, Oh, I'm just going to do residency and then go to fellowship. Most of them are like practicing 10, 20, 30, maybe even 40 years. And they want to go into integrative medicine. So it's a whole different, like a whole different tribe.
1: Yeah. We could do like a whole, a whole separate episode on yeah, that. Definitely. So that's,
0: that's, that's basically kind of like how I decided, you know, that I was going to do it because I felt like there was something lacking and I, I had to like, not talk about this mindfulness work that i believed in because it didn't go onto my my smart phrase where i had to enter all my data of like physical exams whatever so it needs to come
1: into our regular practice it's just gonna take time okay right no exactly everything in medicine is like a little turtle right and what does okay and then also what does mindful parenting mean because i know you preach mindful parenting as a parent coach
0: so um, I actually got trained in mindfulness through our integrative program. It was like eye-opening for me because a lot of time in parenting, we get caught up in all the details, everything, all day long. We just have like our to-do list, right? And then it's like things for the kids, things for ourselves. But when we're doing all that work, we lose the moments. Kind of like hard because we're not wired that way to just stop and be like, oh my God, this isn't... a amazing moment where I'm sitting with my son and we're playing Skippity. It's a board game that we've like recently learned and he's enjoying himself. I'm enjoying myself. My phone is not there. I'm not worried about like anything else. It's just me and him and in the moment. And this is something I want to teach him because if he sees me always running around and doing all kinds of things, he's going to think that's what's normal, right? But I want him to stop. I want them to stop, and I want them to um, go out in nature, enjoy what we have, and have gratitude. So mindful parenting to me, it really is pausing and being present for your kids and for yourself, so you can leave this legacy that they can pass on to.
1: Yeah, I find myself like constantly checking my phone, trying to clean and cook. Well, not cook, but get food together. Yeah all that stuff, right? And then the tantrums start and then I'm just like, ah! So I mean, yeah, and then especially during this pandemic where everybody's level of anxiety is even higher and the kids are maybe home more, how do you mindfully parent during a pandemic?
0: It's been hard. I'm not gonna lie, okay? It's been really, really hard. So I look forward to bedtime every day (laughs) (laughs) because that's my only quiet time. And I had to adjust my schedule because my kids are actually distance learning right now. Like, I didn't sign up to teach kindergarten in second grade. Like, no. And that age, they can't do really, I mean, they can do some of the stuff on their own. But you're like, dude, like, why aren't you paying attention? Take your finger out of your nose. Like, you know, those kind of things, right? So you kind of have to micromanage. Home
1: home learning from kindergarten? Yes.
0: Yeah, second grade too. Like, I it's they're both a tough age. And so like, I was thinking, I'm like, if they were younger, it wouldn't matter. There's no curriculum. If they're older, it would be easier for them to like sit through it. So I think I've gotten like the jackpot with the age groups during a pandemic, but I have a couple things that I do with them. It is, I always prepare the night before with whatever curriculum stuff is going to happen the next day. And then um, most of our Zoom stuff finishes before lunch. And then after, after lunch, I have a mandatory quiet time for everyone in my family, because obviously no naps right and so like they don't they don't nap anymore but i've instilled a time where if even when the younger one was napping i would tell the older one you still have to go to your room and play quietly because mommy needs rest time also and i would sit by myself for an hour and i just like enjoy the quiet i could be doing whatever like eating watching some tv just decompressing but that one hour or more depending on if they're willing to stay in their room we we feel like we're like re-energized at the end of it so you're like okay the day has started again part two you know like we can do this um so that's been helpful and then I always incorporate some outdoor time you know so we went like they rode their bikes yesterday we were doing a lot of gardening which was new to our entire family um and then um I try to stick to a routine like mostly but if but if like, we're going to go to like the beach or something, it's okay. But I try to be like, okay, they're be- they're in bed by eight o'clock game over. Like mama needs to watch TV that doesn't have anything that makes her think, you know what I'm talking
1: about. <laughs> yeah. And not like children, whatever they watch.
0: Oh no. I was like, I even trained my kids to watch, um, like HGTV food network. They love it. They're like, uh, when I grow up, um, mommy can i uh when am i gonna be on guys grocery games or when am i gonna be on uh like these baking shows and i was like well you could if you want to uh and then they watched uh was really funny we watched a show called mediterranean life on hctv just because and it was like families who like move there and look for like a rental or a home and stuff so i just mentioned i'm like guys we should go um Visit Europe in the summer, like why not? Mom can do that. I can coach from there. It's not a big deal. And so when the teacher was asking my little guy in kindergarten, "What do you do with your family?" So people like Legoland, Disneyland, Beach Park. He's like, "I like to go to the Mediterranean Sea with my family." I could. I was like, "What? Like you've never been there? Like why?" in The class must think there were a bunch of like, like bushy, like kind of like rich doctors. And I'm like. No, you have never been there. He's like, I know, but I just like you know, I just told her where I wanted to go. So I had, I, I clarified with the the, the kindergarten teacher. I was like,
1: um, FYI, we've never been. He's never been. I'm just telling it. But he plans to go. He plans to go with his family. Dream big. Oh, and speaking of dreaming big. Okay, so as a integrated pediatrician and a mindful coaching parent coach, how can we design an empowering childhood for our little ones? Are there any phrases you use? Like, how do you get them in that empowered mindset?
0: I think the first and most important, uh, the biggest thing I tell um, my kids and I also like tell others is they're watching what you do, right? So you can say whatever you say to them, but if your actions are not aligned with your words, then they're going to go with your actions. So the way I teach them is by living that now. You know, and I tell them, I say, Okay, I need this time for my mind to relax. I need this so my body can be healthy. I need this because this will be good for my help me grow, you know, and be strong. So when I do things like that, they're like they ask me questions like mom, does this have protein? to just have, you know, and we're, we're plant based, like our family. So like, they're like mindful. Yeah. So we, I've always been vegetarian and they like, they are also vegetarian. I told them they can do whatever they want, but they, you know, want to follow it. And so that's kind of the way I teach mindfulness, but I also try to, when they're getting frustrated or I can see that they're getting challenged and I, you can tell this is the same issue that's going to happen in 20 years, but it'll be like when they're, hopefully not in med school, (laughs) not doing some kind of, like, something else. And I say, guys, practice makes progress. It's okay to not be perfect, you know? And a lot of these concepts come from, like, the life coach school, but I like to, like, say, it's okay if it's not, like, if it's B minus work, right? And they're like, what does that even mean? They don't even get grades, (laughs) like,
1: than like what a lot of parents you know or what we kind of were grew up with right always a plus a plus A but plus. I mean, not that my parents told me I had to get a plus that was kind of on me but that's kind of what we my parents told me I had to get a pluses
0: yeah it was like both my parents names start with a and so my mom was like um we don't know beyond the letter a so you can't get a b like that's something she said to us and it was crazy. I, they pushed me, but then I pushed myself like 10 times more because firstborn girl, first generation, like family, like, you know, immigrants, all that stuff. So I pushed myself so much that you break, you know, like, and you know how that is too, right? Like we all just break. And so I, I do very opposite parenting of our typical like Asian culture where um, my whole family's like, wait, so you tell them it's totally fine. I'm like, yes. It's fine because guess what? They'll know how to read when they're 10, all of them. Okay. They're all going to know how to read. I want them to be happy with what they do. And kids who are happy are adults who are happy with their work, they do it better. Right. Right. And then unless like you're like a miserable, like professionals, but then who cares, right? If you're miserable, no one wants you to, you know, treat them or work
1: with them. Nobody wants to be around you if you're miserable and you're still at the top of the class and got all A's. Like people don't care. Exactly. So I take a different approach to parenting. I
0: think it's learning from my past experiences and looking at where I want them to be. And I don't want them to be reaching for perfection, you know, because
1: that doesn't get you anywhere. We definitely know how this uh, coaching and integrative medicine has affected you and your children. How has it affected your relationship with your spouse, all this thought work and coaching coaching has been life-saving for us because
0: like everyone, we all like have different opinions. The two biggest topics that, and you'll probably probably say this a lot, is couples fight about is money and parenting. It is the two biggest topics, right? And so if you have kids, yes, parenting, um, money, like that's definitely going to be there. We just grew up so different, like completely different. Our families of origin um, really taught us different things. And I'm not saying that one was right, one was wrong. Um, but it influences us in ways that we have to decide. Is this something that was a positive effect on me? Do I want to pass this on to the next generation? And I think because I've done a lot of personal development, I've taken a, lot, a look at that really well. When I started doing that, I think uh, initially he didn't understand it because we're so used to just go to medical school, get a residency, get a job, just listen to your employer you know all that stuff so all of all this out of the box stuff even this like real estate stuff that i introduced him to and now he's totally into okay he's always listening so like now he has like his eyes have opened to a whole different world outside of medicine and so now when we communicate i think because he saw change in me and the way that i dealt with struggles Um, and challenges in the marriage and outside the marriage he was like okay there's probably something to this and then as I got more busier I got busier and I got more validated like I'm like doing lives and interviews and all these kind of things and he's like oh I guess this is actually a thing yeah I think for him it's like really like they want to talk to you about and I'm like yeah It's because he didn't understand it. And now I think that he's around more of this. Like I think obviously during the pandemic physically, he's not around it. But I'm like, next time I'm like, you got to come with me so you can meet, you know, Sunny and this, like all these people that changed my life. And so I think he's, he's seeing it. And this is what I learned from the life course school. I can't change him. I can only change myself. As I change myself, automatically other people see that and they're like, oh, hmm. Maybe I can question what I've been thinking too. So
1: that's how coaching has helped us for sure. I totally agree with that. Like people always say, how can you just work on yourself? A lot of people say, well, you know what? It's, it's 50-50 or, you know, you've got to have both sides trying. But like what you said is you 100% worked on yourself, right? And then you evolved, you changed and he noticed, and that affected the entire relationship, right? Yep, exactly. What kind of things, or what used to be the most difficult part about being a both wife and mother? And how has that changed through the pandemic, through personal growth? Like,
0: I think before all this personal growth and the pandemic, I felt that I was so caught up in being the perfect mom that every if you can't do everything perfect, right? So something's got to give, I think I, because I put so much focus on the parenting, I let go of myself and not physically, I'm talking more emotionally, I let go of myself. And I think when you do that, and you don't nurture the rest of your life and your relationships, um, they suffer. What I've learned is the, I, my kids were the center of our home and that's no longer true. I had to make a conscious effort, you know, like I am like, okay, I love you guys. And you know, we, we really want you guys to have everything that you need and some of the things that you want, but you don't get everything. You don't get all my attention. You don't get, you know, like sometimes we do go out you know, without you guys. Um, sometimes I go places. Yeah, we do, obviously, not in the last. We went out once. We got like, you know, like we went out for anniversary. Um, my parents watched the kids, but, you know, it's been a little bit harder, especially in California. We're still in the middle of it all. So, but we used to go out a lot more, you know, and we used to do a lot more fun things. We've gone away. Um, and my kids are fine with it. They're like, thank God they're gone because now we get a party central with our grandparents. So, there's a lot of screen time and sweets and all that good stuff. Um, and then I also remind the kids because this is something very anti the culture that we grew up with. I say, when you grow up and you go to college, you move on, right? You go, you stay in your own home, you get a job, you pay for your own things. And uh, in my, in our families, like our parents paid for everything for us. And I don't, it's not like I'm not going to financially support them, you know, through like their further studies, but I do want them to know that it's not a right. It's a privilege, what we're, what we're doing for you. So that's been a big shift for our mindsets. Um, And the last thing I actually think that I learned a lot is. From our personal experiences and my personal experiences, I'm raising men and I want them to treat their future wives, if that's what they choose to have wives, with full love, kindness, and respect. And to me, that means teaching them the concept of like cutting the cord, leave and cleave, like go join your new family. I'm not going to be like, having emotional drama about my boy moving on, not wanting me to be the center of his like world. And so that has been a big part of my parenting and how I want the legacy I want to leave. You know, like my daughter-in-laws are going to be like, oh my God, thank you so much for, you know, like teaching them these values. And that's what I want. And even if they don't say thank you, I know that I did the right thing by teaching them this.
1: Oh my gosh, that is so smart. And okay, so you touched briefly about you know, finances, and so you're teaching your boys that not to be entitled, right? They might not get everything monetary paid for their school or the cars or whatever. Who does, who manages the finances in your home? And do you talk about finances around your boys? Do you involve them with those? So, yes, um, I, we do involve them. So
0: the way finances are, is we work on it together. Um, I used to do most of it before because he was like, in training and then working so much. And so like, there was no other option, you know, like it was just me um, taking care of it. And then now that the kids are older, I'm doing all these other things with my work and coaching. um, And he has a, a job where he has more balance. He takes on some of it, but we have equal access to everything. Every decision that's made. Even the small ones sometimes like he'll like come and ask me, like, I think I need like new sneakers. And I'm like, okay, just get them. Um but like so like it's but that's only because we've grown so much in the last like 13 years where this was not the discussion yeah we work on it together we talk about it in front of the kids all the time and um i bought them this piggy bank that um has three sections that says save spend give. love that it's both of them yeah they're six and eight now so both of them um they get to choose like where they want to put it i do want to teach them the concept of giving you know and i think that's just something that um I didn't like my parents. Gave but they didn't talk about it, and so this was a nice, I think, a good way to open the conversation with them.
1: So, say it was save, spend, mm-hmm. and give. Yeah, that's it. And I would put, I would add in a fourth one, or I would actually put save slash invest.
0: <laughs> that's a high level concept, <laughs> but this last um birthdays they had their grandparents on the other side they were like well we're not going to give them like toys because um, they get they have a lot obviously like they do everything they need he was like okay i'll give them 50 bucks each to invest in some kind of company or shares or whatever i don't even know the right lingo what they actually did um because that i didn't i wasn't involved in so then my son my older one was like mommy like should i put my money on amazon or google <laughs> <laughs> hey! That's awesome. Yeah, so he's like, I'm like, you can do both because that way you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And he's like, okay, what does that mean? So I taught him that,
1: and he's like, okay, so he did twenty five, twenty five. Oh my gosh! So he's got twenty five dollars in Amazon and twenty five dollars in Google. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And does he actually follow what happens to that money? Um,
0: well, my husband hasn't really sat down with them to teach him because, like, their birthdays were just a couple of months ago and we're still in this pandemic. So I think when things like settle down, he'll be like, oh, look, six months later, like, what has happened? How has it changed? Um, my younger one was like, I'd rather just have the $50 and get a toy. But my, my husband's like, no, like, I want you to still do this because it's like, it'll be something that you're going to be happy you did when you're older so that's that's so we do teach them
1: some investment okay that's perfect okay then you also mentioned you want them to love and respect their future whoever they decide to to be with for the rest of their lives once they've moved on i'm not you know they still have a while with you so what kind of things do you model in your home how do you and your husband show appreciation for each other so what's been the biggest i think area where we try to teach them is
0: um, if one parent says no to something, we try to support that decision. And sometimes it's hard, right? Because you're like, oh, no, he's totally wrong. Primary parent is the one who kind of gets a bigger picture sometimes just because you're there a lot more. And so I'm like, no, that's not exactly how the teacher said to do it. Okay. So but then fine. So like, I, what we're working on now, and I think that For us, it's been like a lot of growth and discomfort, trying to like not talk about it in front of them, and then later say, "I'm like, no, like you were way off because that's not how you're supposed to like, you know, that's what you know the teacher said." So he's like, "Oh, okay." So that's been something that we've been um doing, and then we also have been teaching them that, like I said earlier, like, okay, this is like mommy and daddy time, and then this is you know family time, and showing a distinction between the two. I think that's been really helpful to them. It's a little bit blurred with all this pandemic stuff. But maybe not, you know, maybe that's why bedtime and quiet time are so important. Because when we are home, you know, quiet time is with both of us. And when we're not, he's gone, or I'm gone, then fine. Like, you know, we get time to ourselves. And so they, I think, are learning that too.
1: That's perfect. Okay, that no, that's you touched on some important topics there because even though we may disagree with our spouse in the moment, it's important to show respect by maybe having some of those bigger or smaller disagreements separately, and then showing your children that hey, you know, we're on the same page. Yeah, because some, and I know some parents. You know, I hear from some parents who may be having lots of arguments in front of the kids, and I think that's okay. But if you don't have those, what do you call it? Resolution. Resolution. Yeah. The resolution, kind of the makeup. If you're not doing that in front of the kids, they never see how do you do that? So you're going to argue, you know, how do you, how do you come together and how do you respect each other? Whereas in your case, like, okay, so let's go to a separate room talk about our disagreements, then come back and then agree together in front of the kids?
0: I mean, it's not always like that. And it's probably not like that a lot, especially right now. We're all like, you know, on edge with like, just being like stuck at home all the time, but it's work in progress. And that's what I believe, you know, like whatever it is, it's work in progress. Um, Cause if you've already, if you've obtained that already, you know, kudos to you, but
1: <laughs> no, no, we have not. We, we're definitely not perfect at that. My little girl, she, she can tell when we're about to get to an argument. She'll be like, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. She loves to say that. I don't know why, but <laughs> oh, okay. We got to calm down. <laughs> well, perfect. Okay. So is there any other secrets or tips we have not already covered in regards to parenting through a pandemic. I did a lot of like
0: thought work on like parenting in a pandemic and actually it was like, it created like a little um, like uh, PDF for like people who were interested. And one of the biggest things, like I think we covered some of the things, but one of the biggest things was like boundary setting. That was um, a big part and I did touch up upon that, but I think boundary setting for yourself. Um, we talk a lot about parenting, but most of parenting I believe is working on yourself and making sure you take care of yourself. So in addition to like boundary setting, but self-care, because we really like can't be running on empty. The way you fuel yourself and the way you fill your bucket is by not waiting for other people to fill your bucket. So you fill it yourself. I love that. And where can people find that PDF? Okay. Um, so they can sign up for the PDF on my website, mdthemindfuldoctor.com. And they will
1: receive it when they sign up. Okay, mdthemindfuldoctor.com. I love the tagline on your website, achieve balance by prioritizing yourselves as an individual while still being a mom. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So everybody go to her website. (laughs) Go to Pyle's website. Get that PDF. You'll get some tips on how to parent in these little bit high stress times. Where else can they find you? Are you on Facebook, Instagram?
0: Yes. So um, I am on Facebook. It's just my name, Pyle Gael. And I also have a Facebook group for women physicians um, who uh, are looking for like parent coaching and life coaching, MD the mindful doctor. I also have Instagram, MD the mindful doctor. It's all the same, pretty much MD the mindful doctor. You have TikTok, too. I do. I'm not as active as you are. You know, the TikTok is, was a pandemic um, activity for the boys and I. And so I'm a dancer. I love dancing. And, um, yeah, like I used to do competitive dance, like in, like, in med school. It was really funny how that worked out. Um, but I love, like, swing and salsa and all that good stuff. So the boys have, like, the dancing bug, like me and so um we we put on like 90s when we have dinner i turn on music like that's something i like to do and so i'll pick music i like we don't need to listen to disney whatever so then it's like 90s pop i'm like obviously like aging myself you know when i do that but then um, they uh, they picked a song and then they're like, oh, let's do this song. So I think we should do more of that. I do have TikTok, but I yeah, I'm not as fun as you and TikTok. So I need I need more more encouragement. I don't do it. I don't do it as often as I want to, but yeah,
1: that's okay. There's a time and place.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. So yes, yeah,
1: so I'll probably add more so more of that stuff in.
0: But I'm mostly, I'm on Facebook, um, and you can reach me through my website too. I have my email on there.
1: Thank you so much for coming, Pyle. I'm so happy you came on to talk to us. Yay! Thank you so much, Pyle. That was beautiful. My take-home points from Pyle. Adults who are happy with their work do it better. Who wants a miserable professional or physician to care for them? Do you? I'm guessing not. When someone is exhausted, drained, jaded, the fact that they got all A's in high school doesn't matter anymore. We all worked hard to get where we are today. So why not be kind to yourself? At this point in our professional lives, is perfection the answer? And does perfection actually exist? Who decides that? Well, I think you can. So allow yourself to be human. Allow your feelings and find joy in the services you do provide. Because chances are you will never truly reach perfection in somebody's eyes. Maybe your own. So let's just call your best perfect. And it's perfect. Number two, set boundaries for yourself. Because how can you fully nurture and care for your children if you are running on empty, on fumes? You can't. When you are not in the right mindset, your children will notice. Those little people are smart. So make it a priority to fill your bucket daily. Prioritize yourself and prioritize your time with your spouse. Tell your children, Mommy and daddy needed a little bit of adult time together once a week. That's not that bad. Your kids will survive regardless. However, they will definitely notice when you aren't filling your bucket, when you're not happy. Children are much more emotionally intelligent than we think. So set those boundaries. Prioritize yourself. Number three, although you may disagree with your spouse in the moment, it is important to show respect, especially in front of the children. It is okay to disagree, but if you could not do it respectfully, save the heat for a different moment. Remember, those little people we live with are watching always. They soak up all the feelings. They sense the external cues and then they mimic them later. Your children do not end up doing what you tell them to do. They don't do what you say. They will often the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, even when you're gone, they're going to end up doing what you do. Until, of course, they get therapy or counseling or life coaching. (laughs) So be mindful, my friends. Our children, our future is watching us. So let's be respectful when we argue. Well, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Medicine, Marriage, and Money. And I think Thank Pyle, Dr. Patel, thank you so much for coming on with us today and we hope you walk away asking yourselves, how do I value myself as a person apart from my children and/or my spouse? How do I value myself? How can I integrate mindfulness into my parenting or doctoring? How can I focus on the moment without worrying about the past or the future? just the present what boundary or goal can I set today that will help me prioritize myself and in turn prioritize my spouse and my family because that's why we're all here to learn how to grow not only ourselves but for our family Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for subscribing, leaving a review, sharing this episode with a friend. You know, we, we all know that mindful parenting during a pandemic is not easy. And you heard it from Dr. Patel's lips herself. We are all struggling. So why not just pull our resources together, tell each other what's working, Okay. We can, we can, we can sympathize for what's not working, but let's just be a little bit more mindful, open grow through this year of 2020. And we're going to make it through better people on the other end. So thank you so much. And for those of you have been listening, you do know that I am currently enrolled in the life coach school to become a life coach. I am always willing to talk to anybody just about what what life coaching is and if you would love if you would like to have a session with me i'm i'm open for enrollment so i'm giving away free sessions just to kind of work on your thoughts and your mindset and go from good to better to amazing uh whatever that is whatever goals you have in your life especially relationships because that's what we're talking about today and, uh, and next week and the week after. So I will be here. You know where to find me. Reach out to me on medicinemarriageandmoney.com. I've got my calendar on there, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Okay, much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.